What's up, what's up, what's up? Philip Enriquez here for the Say What You Like Sports Podcast. And I'm not bringing to you any ordinary episode this week. It is the season premiere of the NFL Power Rankings. That's how we started this podcast. This is my favorite thing to do on the podcast. Please hit us up on the various platforms. Like and subscribe. We're going to upload this on YouTube. We're going to upload this on SoundCloud. We're going to upload this through the Anchor app where if you guys want to download the app, you can actually download it, call into the station, and let your voices be heard when it comes to the NFL Power Rankings or any various topics regarding sports. I will post them up. I will make sure your voices get heard because, again, that's what this podcast has always been about for me. I want everybody to have a voice. I want everybody to be able to get their opinions heard. We want to say what we like. And that's what I'm going to do on this week one NFL Power Rankings here. I'm going to say what I like, coming straight from the heart. No ESPN Power Rankings here. No NFL.com Power Rankings here. None of that East Coast bias. Pow, pow. Shots fired at the NFL Network. Shots fired at ESPN. It's East Coast bias. The Seattle Seahawks are always number one, you know, in their in their eyes. Uh, the New York Giants are always amongst the top five. And I ain't trying to hear all that. I'm just going to call it how I see it week to week. And in week one, I'm going to call it from 32 to number one, the full NFL power rankings. Going forward, I'll probably stick to the top 10 and go more in depth. But since it's week one and I'm really excited, I'm going to start with all 32 NFL teams. Again, like I mentioned before, please like, please subscribe on the various platforms. And let's kick off this NFL season the right way. Say what you like style. NFL Power Rankings. Let's get into it. At number 18, we have the Minnesota Vikings. Now, last season, this team started out on fire. They went so far as to reach number one in my Power Rankings last season. And then completely fell off the map in the second half of the season. Sam Bradford, I've never really liked him. I never thought he deserved to be the number one overall pick out of Oklahoma for a very simple reason. He can't stay healthy. Now, Teddy Bridgewater, he's not going to be back until next season at the very least. So it's all going to ride on the health of Sam Bradford once again. And that's not a good sign for any team. As far as the running backs go, they get Latavius Murray over from Oakland. He's going to help to replace the void left by Adrian Peterson. It's going to be really funny to see a Minnesota Vikings offense without Adrian Peterson because I feel like I've been watching him just dominate the NFL for years. So that's going to be interesting watching this Minnesota Vikings offense this season. But on defense, this team has probably one of the best collections of defensive talent in the league we're talking names like Sharif Floyd we're talking Dayton Jones and another favorite of mine's former UCLA linebacker Anthony Barr these guys know how to shut the run down all while getting to the quarterback this is what helped the Minnesota Vikings get off to that fast start because the defense was dominating they were one of the few teams that really got the better of that Dallas Cowboys O-line last year And really, only one other team could make that claim. That would be the defensive line of the New York Giants. So, again, if the Minnesota Vikings can get this thing together on offense, if Sam Bradford can stay healthy for a complete season and let that defense do what they do, let them play with the lead and get to the quarterback, I really, really think this Minnesota Vikings team can be back into playoff contention this season. 
Olympic too, we got everybody's favorite loser, the New York Jets. Now last season they finished 5-11, and so they weren't exactly bottom of the totem pole, but after this offseason, I gotta rank them all the way down to last place on these power rankings for the upcoming 2017 NFL season. I mean, look at the problems this team has at quarterback alone. You draft a player like Christian Hackenberg out of the second round with high hopes, and you just can't hack it. And then you draft a, a year or two before that, you draft Bryce Petty in the fourth round. And then he flashes here and there in the preseason, and then bam, he gets hurt. And he's pretty much an afterthought. So where do you start week one? Starting a 38-year-old quarterback like Josh McCown, who has no business, no business starting for an NFL team during week one. So just a ton of problems at the quarterback position alone. Now, in my opinion, that just goes to show you that this team is tanking. No doubt about it. Now, if you ask head coach Todd Bowles, he's going to say he wants to win and he wants to win now. But if you're, you're asking me, I think the front office, the organization is, is giving not only the fans, but the players an entirely different message. I mean, just look at some of the moves they made. They just recently traded Sheldon Richardson. And now pretty much it's up to Muhammad Wilkerson to pretty much anchor that defensive line. And I'm really hoping for a bounce back year from Muhammad Wilkerson because I think it was about two years ago now that he broke his leg and he just hasn't looked the same since. So they're really going to need that bounce back year from Wilkerson, especially with Sheldon Richardson now off the roster. So all in all, like I said, I think this team is tanking. There's really no hope. They're in the same division as the New England Patriots, so it's hard to blame them. But I have to drop them all the way down to number 32. At number 31, I have the Buffalo Bills. Now, this team finished 7-9 and last season, which is damn near 500. So, why is the reason for the big drop in the power rankings for me? Look, this team has a lot of similarities to its AFC East counterpart, the New York Jets. They have a head coach in Sean McDermott who isn't going to admit it, but the front office already has. They are tanking this season. And I think they're just another East team that's made no attempt to hide the fact that they're tanking and they realize they cannot take on the New England Patriots with the rosters that they had. So on the field, you have Tyrod Taylor. He's back after he restructured his deal, which is basically AKA he took a $10 million pay cut to stay with the team. So it's put up or shut up time for Tyrod Taylor. So we'll see how, how that offense develops under Tyrod Taylor. Now he's going to be without his biggest weapon on the as far as receivers go because they traded away Sammy Watkins in the offseason and Quan Bolden was, was signed and then a couple of weeks later he retired so you know what the state of affairs is on that offensive side of the ball for the Buffalo Bills now as far as the offense goes the one player they haven't traded away yet Shady McCoy is still on the roster so on offense expect it to be the Shady McCoy show all season long. Now defense, there's a lot of talent on that defense. You still have Marcel Darius manning the front seven. And I think there's potential under, I believe Leslie Frazier is the new defensive coordinator. And I really like his play calling. I really like him as a defensive coach. So I feel that there can actually be some improvement from the Rex Ryan defenses in the past. So at least that's something to look forward to if you're a Bills fan. 
But all in all, they're tanking, and you're not looking forward to much this season. At number 30, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now last season, they finished 3-13, and and pretty much that cost Gus Bradley his job. So now they have a new head coach in Doug Marone, and he really, really needs Blake Bortles to step up if he's to have any job security going into next season. And I find it a bit concerning that Blake Bortles was benched in the preseason for a week in favor of Chad Henney. Now I like Chad Henney back in the days, even going back so far as his Michigan days in college, but there's no excuse for Chad Henney to even be in the discussion for a starting job at a team that wants to compete on the NFL level. So Doug Marone has his work cut out for him at the quarterback situation. But as far as the offense goes, I think they got a nice one-two punch at the running back spot because you got TJ Yeldon and the first round draft pick Leonard Fournette out of LSU. And I think that's really going to help this offense to be able to keep the ball out of Blake Bortles' hands and in the hands of the two running backs throughout the game, wear down the defenses and see if these running backs can make some plays. Now, Allen Robinson as a wideout, he's got to step up. He's another offensive player that regressed last season. So hopefully he can step it up and maybe you know create some chemistry with Blake Bortles in the passing game. But on defense, it, it looks to be a lot nice, nicer of a defense as far as talent goes. You got Calais Campbell coming over from the Arizona Cardinals. I think that should help. And you also brought in free agent safety Barry Church from the Cowboys, who's definitely a solid safety. And you paired him up with Jalen Ramsey, last year's first round draft pick. And you have a, a pretty formidable and talented defense. So it's all about can this quarterback step up? What will Blake Bortles do? It's a make or break season for him. I'd like to rank them a lot higher, but I just can't at this point. At number 29, I have the San Francisco 49ers. Now this team finished 2-14 last season, but I think there's reason for optimism because all the controversy from last season is out the window. Colin Kaepernick and the kneeling in the national anthem is all gone. The Chip Kelly one-year experiment that went awry, it's gone. Trent Baalke, he's out the door. And now you have this new regime with the the new GM, John Lynch, and head coach Mike, I mean, sorry, Kyle Shanahan running this organization. And I think Kyle Shanahan's really going to have his hands full when it comes to this offense because he doesn't have much talent on the offensive side of the ball. Brian Hoyer is going to be the starting quarterback going into the season. He's got a nice touch, he knows the system, but in my opinion, especially with the lack of weapons, I don't see Brian Hoyer winning more than three to four games for you throughout the course of the season. And that's if he can stay healthy. Now on defense, I do think it's a bit of a different story. I think this front seven is going to be one of the more underrated front sevens in the league, so watch out for them. I think the Reuben Foster pick is going to work out and pay dividends down the line for this team. And, you know, if, if some of those old older draft picks are going to actually step up and the game slows down for them, I think that line can actually be dominant in the future, maybe even as early as this year. Now, as far as John Lynch goes, the new GM, I think he did a great job in the draft. And that's why I'm ranking these Niners a little higher than maybe most will, because I really think those picks are going to work out. I really like the direction that he's taking the team. And I think give Kyle Shanahan some more weapons and he's really going to make sure this offense gets to its full potential. But this season, there's a lack of talent, and I don't see 
the big difference be made next season. I think this team is playing for the 2018 season. At number 28, I have the Indianapolis Colts. Now, the Indianapolis Colts finished 8-8, eight and eight, 500 last season. So, most of you guys are probably wondering, why the big drop? Honestly, if this team didn't have Andrew Luck on the roster, I'd put this team dead last. Talentless, talentless team surrounding Andrew Luck. I really, really feel sorry for the guy. And I really, really like Andrew Luck. But I gotta say it, under Jim Ursay's direction... This franchise is never going to get up off the ground, and they're lucky I'm ranking them where I am here. So at quarterback, it's all bad. Andrew Luck is out, at least for week one. He really hasn't practiced all offseason due to the shoulder injury. And let's face it, backup quarterback Scott Tolzien, he just doesn't have a prayer in week one. I've seen some of the games in the preseason. He looked awful, terrible, shouldn't even be a backup in this league shouldn't even be on the third string if you ask me uh, outside of T.Y. Hilton there really isn't any major weapon on offense that opposing defenses will fear for this team so you double team T.Y. Hilton and you're basically daring you know an, an aging Frank Gore to make a play in the backfield with the running game but I think he's way way over the hill way past his prime he's still a decent back but again nothing that a defense is going to fear or have to game plan around. On the offensive line, you got Anthony Costanzo and a bunch of nobodies. So hopefully you guys are getting the trend here. They have one star player and a bunch of nobodies surrounding them. And that's why this offense is pretty much riding on the shoulder, literally and figuratively, of Andrew Luck this season. Now on defense, it's even worse. Because outside of Vontae Davis, there's nobody else on that defense so not much hope for this Indianapolis Colts team this season. At number 27, I give you the Chicago Bears. Now last season, this team <laughs> was a mess. They finished 3-13, and but I guess the good news is at least Jay Cutler's gone, right? Now as far as quarterback goes, Mike Glennon should be your starter for at least the beginning portion of the season. And I really like Mike Glennon as a player. I think in his Tampa Bay days he would flash and I always thought Mike Glennon at least at least just deserved a shot I'm not saying he's a big-time baller by any stretch of the imagination but I've always thought he was a decent quarterback that deserved a shot to be a starter in the NFL so here's your chance Mike Glennon now Mitch Trubisky the first round draft pick first quarterback selected in the previous draft here I think he has really flashed in preseason so if he continues with a, a fast development, I think we might see him towards the end of the season. But the plan all along was to have him sit, hold the clipboard for the year, and hopefully be the starter in the 2018 season. So we'll keep a close, close eye on the quarterback situation in Chicago. Now, at running back, I really like what they're doing. Jordan Howard was pretty much the steal of last year's draft. I believe he was selected in the fifth round. And... I believe down the stretch, something like the last month of the season, he led the league in rushing, you know, for the last quarter portion of the season. So let's see what Jordan Howard can do. And again, he's doing this with, you know, some really bad play at the quarterback position. So I think the ceiling is very, very high for a player like Jordan Howard. Um, the wide receivers, they really need to step up. They got a lot of young draft picks that really have been injury plagued or just haven't stepped up in general. But on defense, they made some key free agent additions that I think will really help. They have Prince of Mukamara, 
and they still have Kyle Fuller, so they have the playmakers on the back end of that defense. At number 26, I give you the Cleveland Browns. Now this team finished 1-15, so I'm sure most of you are wondering why I don't have them at least near dead last. But I think this team has really improved in the offseason. I think they had a strong offseason. So I wanted to give them a few points and kind of move them up the ladder. I think this team is going to be a lot better than they were last season. I think Hugh Jackson really deserves props because he decided to go with the rookie, Deshaun Kaiser, at a Notre Dame and really just give him a chance. Hey, sink or swim. These young quarterbacks have talent. It's time to see if they can catch up to the speed of the NFL game. And I think Deshaun Kaiser has, has showed us that he's capable, at least what we've seen so far in the preseason. So, you know, props to Hugh Jackson for, for having the balls to make that move. Uh, they cut Brock Osweiler, but we all knew that we all saw that one coming. That was just a move they made to, to get some draft picks there. Now, I think their free agent class was a quality one. They signed Kenny Britt over from the LA Rams. That should help at the receiver position. Uh, Kevin Zeitler over from division rival Cincinnati Bengals. So he was one of the best offensive linemen in that division. And now he's switched teams. He's on the Cleveland uh, Browns. So that should help. And I think this draft class was a good one. They had the number one overall pick, Miles Garrett, out of Texas A&M. And he's flashed in the preseason. I think he's going to be able to get some pressure on these quarterbacks. So all eyes are going to be on Miles Garrett. They also drafted Jabril Peppers out of Michigan. Nice playmaker on the back end there. And uh, again, the second round rookie, Deshaun Kaiser, is your starting quarterback. So a nice free agent class, a nice draft class. I really think that this Cleveland Browns team is going to be improved. The only thing is they let cornerback Joe Hayden go. Uh, he got cut and signed with the division rival Steelers. But at this point, Joe Hayden was still a good corner. But again, he was often injured, and at this point, the Browns are looking to go young. So, you gotta let go of one of your favorites, Joe Hayden. But I think, in the end, this Cleveland Browns team is going to be alright. At number 25, we have the LA Rams. And the LA Rams finished with a record of 4-12 last season. A big disappointment. Number one overall pick, Jared Goff, was a bit of a disappointment. He really didn't find much success in his rookie season. So, what do the Rams decide to do? They oust Jeff Fisher, which was a long time coming, but I can go on and on on that, more on that later. So, we'll talk about the young man. We got Coach McVay in there, and he's talking about running a spread system, which is what should help Goff, because that's the type of system he ran at Cal, a spread system. So, he should be at least more comfortable in a Sean McVay offense. So, we'll see how he looks. Hopefully, he will continue to improve and, and you know, start to earn that number one overall slot where he was picked now last year the year before's first round pick Todd Gurley he took a step way back but I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that there was a real lack of a passing game or lack of success in the passing game and he was facing stacked boxes game in after game game in game out I mean eight men nine men in the box I would see and I think if they can get that passing game going and spread it out a bit, take advantage of Gurley's ability to catch the ball at the backfield and make plays, I think this offense could improve from last season where, I'm sorry, but the inept Jeff Fisher just couldn't coach offense. He wouldn't let offense thrive in his system. Now on defense, the Rams, they're stacked. 
They are they are majorly stacked. They're one of the most talented defenses in the league. That's what kept them in games last season. But Aaron Donald and the big contract holdout, we don't know when he's going to return. He is the anchor of that defense. So hopefully he returns because that's the only way the Rams are going to have a real shot at competing in the NFC West this year. At number 24, the other LA team, the LA Chargers. Now the LA Chargers, it's been the same story for the past three or four years now. It all comes down to injuries. The inability for this team to stay healthy through a full 16 game season. Now no NFL team stays healthy, but this team has some bad, bad luck. I mean, there's players that have actually been forced to retire from injuries on this team. And a lot of these players are getting long in the tooth including quarterback Philip Rivers, who I've always liked. He's been a straight warrior, a straight competitor, one of my favorite players to watch in the modern era, but he is getting a bit long in the tooth at this point, so the rebuild needs to happen fast if Philip Rivers is going to come along for the ride for more success with the LA Chargers. Now at running back, I like Malvin Gordon. He could really get the ball into the end zone. They're going to need that. He's another one that needs to stay healthy. Uh, you know, you've already heard of multiple injuries happening to their draft picks. Mike Williams, I believe they took a guard in the second round who got injured. So again, injuries are already starting to pile up. There's reason to, to have lots of concern for injuries. I mean, you have Keenan Allen, wide receiver. He's been hurt the past couple of years, but when he's healthy, he's one of the best receivers, the best young receivers in the league. It's just staying healthy. Now on defense, last year's number one draft pick in the first round, Joey Bosa. I mean, he made a difference in that pass rush. Pair him up with Malvin Ingram, you're going to have a, a very good pass rush that is going to be necessary with the quarterbacks and the quarterback play that's happening in the AFC West. So again, it's all about health for this team. If this team could stay healthy, they can compete, but chances are they're not, but we're going to see. And number 23, and number 19, the New Orleans Saints. Now here's a team that's been offensively talented for many and many a years, but really hasn't had that defense that complements the offense since the Super Bowl year in 2009. And it's really not much different this year. Drew Brees is going to be Drew Brees. Expect another 4,000-yard passing season. Uh, the big difference on the offense is going to be they sign Viking, former Vikings running back Adrian Peterson. So let's see how well he meshes with the uh, New Orleans Saints. I think with the running attack that includes Adrian Peterson, it can help to take some pressure off Drew Brees because for too long now, this team has been overly reliant on Drew Brees' arm. And he's starting to break down. He's getting up in age. Now the only key is, will Adrian Peterson stay upright for all 16 games because he's getting up in age? And, you know, can he make it through a season? So... To me, it's all about the health of the two veterans that are manning the quarterback and running back position uh, for these New Orleans Saints. Now, they also signed wide receiver Ted Ginn. I think he's good. He's a nice deep threat. He's still got speed. And you know Drew Brees can hit that long ball. So let's keep an eye out for that connection this year. And uh, on defense, they get linebacker Manti Tail from the LA Chargers. Now, Manti was supposed to be a top pick out of Notre Dame kind of had some catfish issues and then some injury issues a couple of years later so it never really panned out in San Diego now in LA but 
maybe it's it can be a rebirth for him and maybe he can really give something some playmaking abilities to this defense because lord knows they need playmakers on this defense because it's the only way they're going to get drew Brees back into the super bowl in his old age he's getting up there so the time is now for this defense to step up for the saints and number the baltimore ravens now the ravens finished eight and eight last season and to be honest with you guys i really don't see them finishing that well this year i'd expect more anywhere from four to six games just with the problems that they have with injuries uh joe flacco got hurt in the preseason he was supposed to be out maybe a week to four weeks but he's still out and there's really no reason to think that ryan mallet is going to be able to handle the job as the starting qb but even when flacco was healthy last season he struggled he had one of his worst statistical seasons in his career and as the talent around him erodes so is his play at quarterback so there's reasons for concern with this offense you know they tried to sign danny woodhead to kind of make a difference on that offense a kind of a gadget player an all-around player a running back that can catch the ball in the backfield a third down back but he's kind of past his prime and again he's often injured he's a long way from his new england patriot days you know there's been a lot of shuffling on that offensive line that's another reason for concern with this offense and on the defense you know these guys are getting a little long in the tooth I've been saying that a lot. A lot of these teams are allowing themselves to get old. The Baltimore Ravens are no different. Terrell Suggs, he's been one of the captains of that defense for a long, long time, but he's having trouble staying healthy throughout a season. Gone are the days where he had young teammates, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed. It's not the same defense. This defense is getting old, and they're yet to draft well enough to get these players replaced. And I think this is going to be the first season where the Baltimore Ravens really struggle under John Harbaugh. I think Harbaugh's a great coach, but I don't think it's going to be enough because the talent on the field just isn't there on either side of the ball for this team. At number 22, the Carolina Panthers. Now this franchise for the past few seasons has been up and down, up and down, up and down, unable to come up with two straight winning seasons. Back in 2012, they had a losing season. They came back in 2013, had a winning season. 14 losing, 15 winning, 16 losing. So I guess it's their turn to win if we're going by the pattern set here. But the problem with this franchise, as you can tell on the record, is inconsistency. And it's no different with the quarterback play. At times, Cam Newton, he's been an MVP. He looks like an MVP. He's probably the most talented, gifted football player on the planet but then you see the boneheaded mistakes he can make at times it's just inconsistent play and that leads to very high highs and very low lows for this team now i think what's going to help this offense turn it around is their draft pick kit christian mccaffrey you know i really like his play at stanford just because he's a wide boy doesn't mean he can't do his thing i i love pac-12 football he has dominated the pac-12 over the past couple of seasons and I see no reason to believe that he can't dominate on the NFL level as well so I really think he's going to help big time in turning around this Carolina Panthers offense now you guys know on the other side of the ball the man on the defense is Luke Keekley. he had problems staying healthy and I think that was a bigger reason for the decline of the defense than say the departure of a player like Josh Norman I think Luke Keekley arguably he's a top three defensive player in this league 
And if he stays healthy, that defense is going to be on point. Along with the additions that they made on offense, I think the Carolina Panthers are could be the most improved team from the previous season. So let's see what the Carolina Panthers do this year. At number 21, we have the Cincinnati Bengals. They finished with a record of 6-9-1. That's right, the infamous tie game from last season. But overall, this team was a big disappointment from last season. This team previously had that reputation for being a very, very good team during the regular season and choking it away in the postseason. But they didn't even get it done in last year's regular season, as you can tell in their record. Now, it's not all quarterback Andy Dalton's fault. He's popular. He's the popular, you know, person to blame in Cincinnati, blame the redhead. But I think he's a good quarterback, and I think that the injuries on the offensive line, I think the injuries to some of his key receivers really didn't help him at all last season. A.J. Green had a down year, but I think he's one of the best receivers. Definitely went healthy, a top five receiver in my book. So again, if this team could stay healthy, they could bounce back. Marvin Lewis, for the most part, is a great regular season head coach. There's no reason this team shouldn't be in contention for a playoff spot. It's just a matter if they can get all those players with, I don't know what to call them or classify them, I guess we'll say character issues, whether you believe it or not. It's, it's can this team stay focused long enough or stay in control long enough to really make a deep run in the playoffs? Again, Marvin Lewis, he's that coach that we always say every year, he's on the hot seat, he's on the hot seat, he has to show us something, and every year he keeps coming back. So it's really hard for me to gauge the expectations for a team like the Cincinnati Bengals because, man, I mean, they can win or they can lose, and they're going to come back with similar personnel on the field, the same coaching staff, year in, year out. The Cincinnati Bengals have been consistent, and I expect them to get back to form and win at least 9 to 10 games this year. At number 20, we have my most hated rival, Philadelphia Eagles, but I have to give this team props. I think they made a lot of great moves in the offseason. They've signed running back LeGarrette Blunt. I think that's really going to help in the red zone, help this team to score points, take the pressure off a young quarterback like Carson Wentz, so I really don't like that move. They also signed another red zone target, big wide receiver Alshon Jeffrey. Now, he may not be as impressive from 20 to 20, but like I said, when you get inside that 20, he's a dangerous, dangerous weapon. Just another weapon for Carson Wentz to throw it up to in that end zone. I expect this team to be very improved in the red zone with these acquisitions. Uh, on the defensive side, they sign defensive end Chris Long. I really like him. He, you know, he, he was great back in his St. Louis days. And I think he was also a very, very good player for the New England Patriots last season. I think Chris Long is solid and I think that was a solid move for the Philadelphia Eagles. They also get defensive tackle Timmy Jernigan who I loved in his college days so I hope he can really make a difference for this team uh, you know on the defensive line. I I'm kind of scared to see <laughs> how that defensive line you know fares against the Dallas O-line this year but I think they're going to be a-okay with players like Chris Long and Timmy Jernigan. Uh, as far as wide receivers go, they signed Torrey Smith. Again, just another weapon for Carson Wentz. If you can sense the pattern, they're building around Wentz. He is their franchise quarterback. I really like the way he played. He fell off a bit towards the end of the season, 
But again, it, it, it's it's growing pains. I think he's going to be A-OK. There's a lot of comparisons between him and Dak Prescott. I'm not ready to put him quite on Dak's level, but this is the year. If he can somehow surprise us all and win the NFC East, you got to give him his props. Number 17, we have the Miami Dolphins. Now, we all know what happened in a very busy preseason for the Miami Dolphins this year. Starting quarterback Ryan Tannehill goes down with an injury. And who do they sign? No, not Colin Kaepernick. They sign Jay Cutler straight out of the booth for Fox Sports. And from all indications, the coaching staff is raving about his play. Now, I don't know what they're seeing because what I've seen for the last 10 plus years from Jay Cutler is just a player that's unmotivated and I really don't see how they can make this move and think they're going to contend. They really surprised me last season behind a great running game and some really improved quarterback play from Tannehill. But now he's gone. I still expect them to lean very heavily on the running game because it was very successful last season. But the minute that Jake Cutler stubs a toe or bangs up his thumb, he's going to be out for the year, collect his check, and walk away laughing. So Miami Dolphins fan, for as much props as I want to give you for last season, for actually stepping up, challenging the New England Patriots for a while there, really, you know, staying with them in the division, even though they were they were dominant for most of the year, just not backing down from them. When you sign Jake Cutler, you're pretty much giving up all hope of a playoff team. We know that Jake Cutler is, is just, he hasn't proven himself to be a winner for a long time coming. I really think you should have stuck with Matt Moore as the backup. He knows the system. I think he's had success in Miami before. And if you can lean on that running game, you can get him through an entire season. That's just my opinion. But bottom line is, I really can't talk too much more about this team because the Jay Cutler signing was just that shocking for me. I think that pretty much just does it in for the Miami Dolphins. I don't expect this team to be a playoff team in this year. At number 16, you have the division rival, Washington Redskins. And I think this team could be a bit of a sleeper. I expect Kirk Cousins to be motivated. He's been playing on the franchise tag for two years now, and he wants to get paid. So expect another 4,000-yard season out of Kirk Cousins. A lot of people give Cousins you know, a lot of stuff for his inability to get into the playoffs. But honestly, if it wasn't for Cousins, Washington would be in fourth place every season I think Cousins is one of those underrated quarterbacks in the league but the one thing that his detractors have a valid point is he's not going to have some of the major weapons he's had over the past couple of years the deep threat is gone in Deshaun Jackson he's no longer with the team so you know he was one of those few players in the NFL that he can take the top off of any defense so now that they're going to have a top on those defenses Cousins is going to have tighter windows to throw into. He's also going to be without Pierre Garçon. Luckily, they do sign Terrell Pryor. From all indications in Redskins camp, Pryor is learning. He's doing well. He's setting up a rapport with Kirk Cousins. So we'll see how that connection fares throughout the year. But, you know, I still think this offense is going to be above average as far as NFL offenses go. On defense, I think... You can see that they, they made a, a valiant effort to really improve their defense in the draft. Um, they took Alabama's Jonathan Allen, number 17 overall. I think that should help. It's just a matter of how fast can these young players, you know, deal with the speed of the NFL. 
and and really have that experience and growth to really be true contributors on a defense. If they can, I think the Washington Redskins can be a sleeper and actually challenge for the NFC East this season. And number 15, the Arizona Cardinals. So here we are, middle of the pack. Arizona was expected to be one of the sleeper teams for a Super Bowl last season. And then it all fell apart in the first game against the New England Patriots last season. And they never really were able to recover from that loss. My big concern with this Arizona Cardinals team is, again, it's age. A lot of these teams are getting old really fast. Carson Palmer, what he was drafted number one overall at a USC back in 2003. So, you know, he doesn't have very many quality years left. So they're going to have to get, you know, a vintage performance out of Carson Palmer to, to really, really challenge for a playoff spot this season. But again, they do have... David Johnson, the all-purpose, dominating running back. He should do it all. As long as he stays healthy, this Arizona offense is going to be all right. Larry Fitzgerald decided to come back for one more year. Another player that's getting up there, but he can still be amongst the best receivers in the league as long as Carson Palmer's there to throw him the ball. Now on defense, Carlos Dansby comes back over from the Cincinnati Bengals for a third stint with this team. Again, I think Dansby's about 35 years old now. So this team is getting old. They're going to need some of their younger stars to really step it up. Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger, he's got to stay healthy to go along and really dominate on the back end of that defense. Because like I said, a lot of the pieces on this defense are in well into their 30s. It's all going to come down to will this team be able to stay healthy with their age and attrition, all the miles that they've racked up. Because if they can, the talent is there. It's just a matter of will this team stay healthy for an entire season. At number 14, we have the Detroit Lions. Now, the Detroit Lions were in the driver's seat for the NFC North crown all season long until Aaron Rodgers did that ultimate comeback late in the season and stole the division right out from under them. But Matt Stafford, in my opinion, is one of the more underrated quarterbacks in this league. Up until that finger hand injury late in the season, I mean, he was arguably playing better at the quarterback position than Aaron Rodgers, at least through the first half of the season. He had this team in playoff contention, and I don't see any reason to think he won't have them back in contention this season. And remember, he was doing all of this without Calvin Johnson. I really think that helped to really make him believe that, you know, he doesn't need to rely on a target like Calvin Johnson and feed him the ball. He was able to get to all his reads. He was hitting Golden Tate. He would hit Billingsley. He would hit different receivers in this offense. And I think it showed a real improvement from Matt Stafford. I really can't go on enough about him. I think he can really get the job done. I expect them to challenge the Green Bay Packers for the North this season. And I don't, I, I don't hope to see Stafford hurt that hand again because I want to see him healthy for a full 16 games. Because as long as they have Matt Stafford under center, I think the Detroit Lions have a legitimate chance at the playoffs this year. At number 13, we have the Denver Broncos. Now, the Denver Broncos, it's the same old story. They're going to have a top-tier defense going into this season behind 
pass rushing sensations like Von Miller. Unfortunately, he's not going to have his old buddy Demarcus Ware. They lost him to retirement. And I believe Shane Ray is starting the season on injury. I don't know if he's on PUP or IR, but we shouldn't expect to see him until the second half of the season. So really, Von Miller is going to get his chance to show what he's worth to this defense. Now, they recently cut safety TJ Ward. He's a safety that I really, really liked. And I think he was a big, big part of this defense for the last few years. But from what I was hearing, he was dealing with a lot of nagging injuries. And they really didn't expect him to make it through an entire NFL season. So only time will tell if that was a move uh, that that was a positive one for this franchise. Now, as far as the offense goes, Trevor Simeon will be the starter for the second year in a row. And I'm really shocked and surprised that Paxton Lynch wasn't able to take the job. He was the first round quarterback. He was supposed to hold the clipboard for a year and be the starting QB and really make sure that he was the one to get this offense on par with the defense, but he was unable to do so. So I went ahead and looked back at some of the scouting reports from, you know, scouts like Dane Brugler and uh, DallasCowboys.com's Brian Broaddus. And they really said that Paxton Lynch had the highest ceiling, but he had the farthest way to go until he was NFL ready. So maybe it's going to take two years for a player like Lynch to get into that starting lineup. And hopefully this defense won't be too old by the time that happens. Number 12, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback by the young man known as famous Jameis Winston. I think he's made a lot of improvement from his rookie season. The kid seems to be a natural leader. The offense has really taken to him. I think he's really prospered in Dirt Cutter's, you know, offensive system. And they got this guy some more weapons. They got wide receiver Deshaun Jackson from the Washington Redskins roster. And I think he's going to be that deep threat that takes advantage of the big arm that Jameis Winston has. So, like I mentioned before, he's one of the few players that can take a top off the defense. That should really help Jameis and the running game. You know, the muscle hamster will be back. I think he's one of the more underrated running backs. A bit inconsistent, but when he's on, I mean, he's on. Now, another player that they got up uh, from Washington was defensive tackle Chris Baker on the defensive side. I think that's really going to help. They ended up signing J.J. Wilcox over from the Cowboys and then trading him for a pick because they signed former Denver safety T.J. Ward. I'm a big fan of Ward. They said injuries were starting to nag, but you know what? I think if he can stay healthy, that's going to be a big, big addition. They need some veteran leadership on that defense. I think Tampa Bay could be the dark horse that pulls it out and actually wins the NFC South. As you know, the NFC South has a reputation for being a bit up and down, and it could be Tampa's turn this year. At number 11, just outside of the top 10, we have the Tennessee Titans. I expect the Tennessee Titans to be much improved from last season. I really expect them to take that next step and be a playoff team this year. They're going to be under a young quarterback like Marcus Mariota, who's coming off an injury. So we'll see how he bounces back there. But last season, he was doing really well. You really don't see it in the numbers because he is more of a game manager. Remember, this offense leans heavily on the running game behind players like Travis Henry and DeMarco Murray. And speaking of DeMarco Murray, he was having a bounce back season 
up until a late season foot injury where his play pretty much tailed off. But when healthy, I think DeMarco Murray is a legitimate top five back and behind a strong, strong offensive line, I think this offense is pretty much set. It's going to be a matter of can this offense be good enough to challenge that Houston Texans defense. I think that's going to be the story uh, when it comes to this division. Now on the defensive side of the ball, they do have some nice playmakers. You still have pass rushers like Brian Arakpo on that team. Uh, they drafted the kid out of USC, Adoree Jackson, to be a playmaker on the defense. Again, I'm not sure if he's going to be a big playmaker on the defense, but at the very least, he's going to get it done on special teams because if you watched USC last season, you saw a lot of big plays from Adoree Jackson in the kicking game. So hopefully that can be the boost that this team needs to get over the hump and get this team back into the playoffs. All right, my favorite part of the power rankings. This is what I do on a weekly basis. I like to stick to the cream of the crop, the top 10 in the NFL. And making the top 10 in the week one power rankings here on Say What You Like, we have the... Houston Texans now it's all gonna be like I mentioned earlier can the Texans fend off the Tennessee Titans and win this division and get back into the playoffs there's no reason to think they don't have the ammo because you're gonna have the biggest gun that this team owns in JJ Watt coming back to that defense add that up on the other side with Jadavion Clowney who really came onto his own this defense is going to be stacked now it's the offense where we have a bit of a concern. There was a big uh, quarterback uh, <laughs> discussion going on in the preseason, whether Deshaun Watson should be the starter or Tom Savage. In the end, I think it was a good move to go with the veteran Savage. I think if Deshaun continues to learn and progress, maybe he can get in there late in the season. But definitely, I think Tom Savage was the right call as far as week one goes. So we'll see how that plays out. Now back to the offensive side of the ball. Donta Foreman was drafted in the third round out of Texas. He's got 4-4 speed. And I think he can really break tackles on the second level, even in the NFL. He should be a weapon to be dealt with behind Lamar Miller, another good back. They're going to try to make sure this team runs the ball and really just relies heavily on that defense to get them back to the AFC South title this year. At number nine, the New York Football Giants, the team that many are predicting to unseat the Dallas Cowboys as the NFC East champions this year, and for good reason. I'm sure you've all heard about the vaunted defense, a lot of talent on that defense. You got cornerback Eli Apple, you got Landon Collins at safety, uh, you have Dominique Rogers Cromartie, lots of playmakers on the defense. You also have that vaunted defensive line that you know you're gonna have to deal with you've all heard about that you've heard about the weapons at wide receiver with Shepard you've heard about ODB and them getting Brandon Marshall over to the New York Giants but what you probably haven't heard is the mess that they have on the other side of the ball because albeit the two Super Bowl rings that Eli Manning has outside of that his career hasn't been a good one he's led the league in interceptions multiple times and he makes a lot 
of bad throws at bad times in the game. And so I'm not so sure how heavily you want to rely on the arm of Eli Manning, but you're going to have to because who's the running back for this team? Can, can anybody name him? I, I sure can't. And who's he running behind? The team signs DJ Fluker, who was a dropout from the Los Angeles Chargers. He couldn't get the job done for the Chargers. So what makes you think he's going to get the job done for a team that's contending like the New York Giants? And then you have a complete bust of a draft pick on that offensive line in Eric Flowers. He was actually benched in the preseason. So this offensive line has big time, big time problems with no running game. Let's see if the New York Giants defense can overcome all of this in this next upcoming NFL season. Coming in at number eight, the AFC West champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Now here's a team that continues to fly under the radar, but very quietly, they've been one of the more successful teams in the NFL over the past few seasons or so. Now Alex Smith is gonna be Alex Smith. He's that classic game manager. He's not gonna make the big play, but he's not gonna make the big mistake either. His 67% completion rating will tell you all you need to know about Alex Smith's game. I think Andy Reid is gonna lean heavily on him, and I don't expect to see Pat Mahomes in the lineup this year. They're gonna let the rookie develop. Now, at running back, a big hit to the running game for Kansas City. They lose Spencer Ware, and I, I just think that that's really going to hurt because they also lost Jamal Charles, the veteran. But they still have uh, Sharkandrick West on the roster. And I believe they drafted in the third round Kareem Hunt out of Toledo, who's supposed to be a real burner from what I hear. So we'll see how that develops. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, the Chiefs have always consistently ranked amongst the best in the NFL. They got some great talent like Justin Houston, who's coming back off the injury just another year removed I think he's really gonna return to form remember it was just a couple of seasons ago that this guy had 20 sacks so I just think it's a matter of time until the Chiefs get their respect maybe just maybe if they would have won that playoff game against the Pittsburgh Steelers last year this team wouldn't be so under the radar going into week one at number seven, I have the Seattle Seahawks. Now, if you're taking a look at some of the other power rankings, I'm sure you're going to see them at number one, number two, or number three. It seems like it's just an easy in for most experts to place this team in the top three. But when I see this team, I see that team that finished 10, 5, and 1 and struggled for the majority of the season to put points on the board. Russell Wilson was playing through injuries, but again, he just didn't have that stellar season that we're used to seeing Russell Wilson, you know, have. And on top of that, you saw how much they missed Marshawn Lynch in the running game because although they were good in spurts, they just didn't have that game-to-game -game consistency that Beast Mode gave them and their offense struggled because of it. I expect that kind of play to continue. Now on the defense, this defense is still very, very above average to say the least. You know, Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas got hurt last year. He's back. So I think they're going to be improved. They're going to be as vaunted as ever. But again, this is a team that's beginning to get just a little bit old. And I don't think the offense has the weapons that are going to put this team over the top. Are they a playoff team? Of course. 
They play in the NFC West. Who do you got to play? The Rams, the Cardinals, the Niners. They're an easy end to the playoffs, but I don't expect to hear much noise in January from these Seahawks. At number six, the team that didn't win the AFC West, the Oakland Raiders. Now this team has not flown under the radar, but who would expect a team with the fan base like the Raider Nation to go under the radar? But I have to give this team its props. I think Jack Del Rio was definitely in the running for coach of the year last season. He's not afraid to, to make decisions. He never plays it safe. And I love watching a coach coach like that. And if you're a player, you have to love playing for a coach that doesn't fear losing. You know, he's in it to win it. So that's definitely a good thing. The ACDC connection was in tip-top form in the preseason. Expect Derek Carr to go ahead and hit Amari Cooper on those deep balls. They were doing it in the preseason. They look good. And Beast Mode is going to give a big boost to the running back position. This offense behind that offensive line with Donald Penn and uh, Gabe Jackson, they're going to be A-OK. They're road graders. This offense is going to be good. I expect them to contend in not just in the AFC West, but the entire AFC. Now on defense, as long as this pass rush can continue to improve, I think you're looking at a Super Bowl contender here. Khalil Mack is Khalil Mack. You, this guy just wreaks havoc. The thing is they need to find that second pass rusher that complements him so they can kind of slow down the double teams that Khalil Mack will be seeing this year. But all in all, there's plenty of talent, plenty of room for growth, and I don't see any reason why the Oakland Raiders shouldn't win the AFC West and maybe even challenge New England up with Tom Brady in the playoffs this year. At number five, my Dallas Cowboys. You know, the, the rookie sensations of Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott straight turned the fortunes of the Dallas Cowboys around, ending with a 13-3 record. And the only thing is this six-game suspension that's looming over Ezekiel Elliott and the Dallas Cowboys heads right now is the only cause to pause for me as a Cowboys fan. Because this offense, if not the best, will be amongst the best. You know the names, Dak, Witten, Beasley, weapons upon weapons on offense. It's the defensive side of the ball that scares me because it's pretty much an entire rookie defensive backfield outside of the veteran corner Orlando Skandrick. I mean, these rookies were often injured in training camp. I was up in Oxnard this year and I really didn't get to see much of these rookies. So that's a bit concerning because that lack of experience can end up biting you if these rookies are going to have to be learning on the job. So hopefully these rookies can catch on really fast so that defense can be somewhat on par with the offense. So in the end, will the Dallas Cowboys defense be able to be consistent enough to let that offense do their thing, especially when Zeke returns if the suspension will end up going through this season. A lot of question marks for the Dallas Cowboys, but behind a leader like Dak Prescott, I have no reason to doubt this team can repeat as the NFC East champions this year. At number four, you have the Green Bay Packers. Now, this Green Bay team should be very much improved from last season. If you remember, this Green Bay team did not start out very hot towards the beginning of the season. 
a lot of problems on the defensive side of the ball, a lot of injuries on offense, and in all honesty, even Aaron Rodgers wasn't looking good for the first six or seven games of the season. But this team roared back, made quite a run, you know, took the division, stole the division from the Detroit Lions, and stole the wins in the playoff games against the number one seed Cowboys. So I've just learned one thing after last season. You don't doubt Aaron Rodgers. And in my opinion, I think this team has to be amongst the favorites to win the entire NFC. I think they're also the favorites in the North. Hopefully, if Stafford can stay healthy, they'll get a challenge from the Detroit Lions. But this team has plenty of weapons on the offense. I think the defense has just enough playmakers to keep this team afloat. And expect to see the Green Bay Packers in the NFC Championship for yet another year. At number three, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers. This team finished runner-up in the AFC behind the New England Patriots. And that's been the story for a long, long time for these Pittsburgh Steelers. It's like they've always been one of those dominant AFC teams that just can't quite, quite get over that hump that is the New England Patriots and Tom Brady. And I expect more of the same this season. Look, Antonio Brown is amongst the best wide receivers in the game. Ben Roethlisberger, when healthy, is one of the best you know, quarterbacks in the game. And Le'Veon Bell is probably the best running back in the game. So when it comes to the skill positions, this team is stacked. They got a good offensive line. There's no reason to doubt what this offense is going to do, even if a player like Roethlisberger should go down. You know, backup Landry Drones, you know, he, he, he doesn't always play too hot, but with the weapons that they surround him with, he's not going to do too bad if Ben Roethlisberger should miss another three, four games like he's been doing the past couple of seasons. On defense, they have some playmakers. The ageless wonder, you know, Harrison, he's still there. He's still one of the meanest dudes that the NFL <laughs> has this day and age. I think he can play probably forever with the way he keeps his body in shape. So they still have the playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. It's just a matter if they can find that secret sauce, that secret formula that is the, the secret to defeating the New England Patriots because for the past six, seven years, they haven't been able to figure that one out. At number two, the NFC champion, Atlanta Falcons. You got to give Atlanta its props. No matter what happened in that Super Bowl, they still made the Super Bowl and you have to put them amongst the favorites to return in this upcoming season here. Matt Ryan is coming off an MVP season. You know, he has, in my opinion, the best wide receiver in the league in Julio Jones. And you got Freeman running the back in the backfield, and you have uh, Tevin Coleman backing him up. So there's plenty, plenty of weapons on this Atlanta Falcons offense. I want to see how much they're going to miss their offensive coordinator, but with the talent that they have, I'm not overly concerned with that on defense I think a lot of young players were stepping up uh, I think Vic Beasley is one of the best pass rushers in the league and he's young linebacker Deion Jones was another playmaker he was a rookie last season I believe their two cornerbacks were rookies last season so I think what makes the Atlanta Falcons different than a lot of contending teams is they're young so there's no reason to believe that they're gonna drop off anytime soon definitely not this season. I think the Atlanta Falcons are definitely going to be the favorites to finish first in the NFC South. I think they may, may be that team that 
ends up breaking the streak of not having a back-to-back winner in the in the NFC South. I expect the Atlanta Falcons to do so, and in all honesty, I expect them to be competing once again in the playoffs with the best in the NFC with the Green Bay Packers, Dallas Cowboys, and New York Giants. I think that same old story, the New England Patriots, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, and pretty much a bunch of role players that consistently dominate the NFL year after year. Sometimes I think I'm getting tired of it, but yet I keep coming back. I want to see somebody knock this team off, but I just don't see it happening. I mean, the Pats literally went all in. They gave Brady even more weapons than he had last season. Rob Gronkowski is returning from injury. I just don't see how the rest of the NFL is going to catch up with this machine that is the New England Patriots. Now again, they've had some losses, but I don't see how a loss can affect this team unless they're losing the head coach or the quarterback. I mean, they can overcome the loss of Julian Edelman. No problem. I mean, they overcame Gronkowski last season, and they still dominated. 